All right. I'm going to start with a scripture and a question this morning. The scripture is found in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. It's our memory verse for this week, and uh, that's a pretty easy location to memorize, right? 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Okay. Does anybody have it yet? 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. All right. Let's read it together. Here it is. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1. Uh, Paul, the writer of this New Testament letter, gives us this uh, remarkably challenging invitation. Follow me as I follow Jesus Christ. And uh, some translations put it this way. It says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Paul's saying, watch my life and repeat. <laughs> repeat after me. And as you think about those words, I I wonder, and this is the question, how many of you feel that you could say to your children or your grandchildren, to your neighbor, a co-worker, to another student at your school, uh, follow me as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. Uh, When it comes to the way that you live out your faith, would you say, watch me and do as I do? Are there areas of your life where you could say that with confidence? Are are there areas that you would be hesitant to have anyone follow you? You're not quite there yet. These are the kind of questions that we need to ask ourselves as we're learning to follow Jesus Christ, to become more and more like him. So what is Paul inviting us listeners to, to imitate? Well, just prior to this passage in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 32 and 33, in fact, in some of your Bibles, uh, the verse that we're memorizing, follow me as I follow Christ, in some Bibles, it's actually listed as 1034. The writers, the people who were numbering it couldn't quite figure out, do we put this at the beginning of this chapter or at the end of this chapter? But so in 1 Corinthians 10, 32 and 33, Paul gives us this invitation, the kinds of things that he's inviting us to imitate. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. That's Paul's number one. And then he says, give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, so to no one. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many so that they may be saved. And whatever he did, he did with those who weren't saved yet in mind. And Paul was not a people pleaser. But he, when he says, I please everyone, he, he means I'm not putting up any barrier that would get in the way of someone coming to faith in Christ. That's what it looked like when Paul followed in Jesus' footsteps. He did everything for the glory of God, and he did it so that others might be saved. And, of course, Paul followed Jesus all over the known world, right? Here's a map of his missionary journeys, uh, Jerusalem down there in the corner to kind of give you a a little reference for uh, where he is. And he just went wherever God sent him. And we're going to look at a story in the book of Acts uh, that took place on Paul's second missionary journey. And it's a great example of what it looked like when Paul put these words into action. So it's found in Acts chapter 16. If you want to turn there in your Bibles and follow along, we're going to kind of be looking at that whole story. Paul described his call 
as a call to take the gospel where no one had gone before. And he did that um, with passion. He's taking all kinds of risk along the way. But at one point, he came up against a snag. Uh, He wanted to take the gospel into Asia, but in Acts 16, we read that the Holy Spirit didn't allow him to go there. And so he turned and he started up towards Bithynia. So Asia's over there to the west of where he was. Uh, He was in Phrygia and Galatia area. So he starts to go north towards Bithynia. And again, Jesus' spirit wouldn't allow him to go there. So his group went down to Troas. And Paul had this route, you know, in his own mind of where he was going to take the gospel. He had it all mapped out. But God said, nope, uh, that's not the route I want you to take. And, and it wasn't as if Paul, you know, had gone somewhere that he felt led to go and set up his tents and had a revival and no one came. Uh, it, wasn't, it was that he wasn't allowed to go at all. And I don't know if he got up one morning and his donkey was dead or he started out on the road, you know, and the bridge was washed out by a flood or the Holy Spirit just said, no, you're not, you're not going there. But things weren't going as planned. Anybody ever been there? You just you think you got your day mapped out? Not going the way you thought it was. So the first essential to following Jesus as Paul followed Jesus is to be open to God's leading. A following Jesus is a bit of an adventure. It's not like, you know, you get an email in the morning that says, here's what you're going to do today, what you're, where you're going to go. Um, and as you go through the day, the things that you think that you're going to do during the day don't always turn out that way. God has something else in mind for you. So you have to be open to God's leading and watching for what God has for you to do throughout the day. And when it came to Paul's day-to-day life, he had to decide like we do, which city to start with, how long to stay there. Um, And Jesus didn't lay the whole plan out for him as he was following Jesus. Paul had to trust Jesus' spirit to make known to him where to go and what to do when he got there. He had to depend on prayer and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And he also had to be willing to, to... Uh, not go where God wasn't leading and to go through the doors that God had for him. And that's what God did in this uh, situation. And Paul seemed to go with the flow. They went down to Troas. And once they reached Troas, during the night, Paul had a vision. He saw a man from Macedonia standing and pleading with him, saying, cross over to Macedonia and help us. And I, I don't know if, you know, he had was staying up late and actually had a vision or if he went to sleep and this vision was in a dream but it says that God spoke to him in a vision now in Acts 16 verse 10 it says that after Paul had seen the vision we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia for we could only conclude that God had called us to preach the gospel to them so they have this vision they could only conclude together uh, apparently talk together about it This is where God wants us to go. So the Holy Spirit has somehow uh, directly got involved in keeping Paul from going uh, to certain areas, and then he gives Paul this vision. And you kind of wonder, why doesn't God just speak to him, you know, tell him out loud or something? Uh, That'd be a a lot clearer. But he doesn't do that. They have to discern together what was meant by this vision and and for their work. So they discussed it, they concluded, 
God was calling them to Macedonia. Macedonia. They responded immediately and followed God's leading. So the second essential to following Jesus, as Paul followed Jesus, is to go where God sends you. Um, That's what Paul and his companions did, and they ended up in a city called Philippi. And this was uncharted territory. Uh, There had been no other Christians there before them, and they were the first to bring the gospel to this area. And right off, they found a group of uh, believers, women who met on the bank of a river uh, to pray. Apparently, uh, they had heard about Israel's God, but not about Jesus. So Paul brings the good news to them. They become followers in Jesus Christ. And every day, Paul goes down to the riverbank to to teach them about Jesus and his ways and to pray. Then one day, they're going down to this place of prayer, and a demon-possessed slave girl begins to follow them. And she's a fortune teller. She has this spirit of forecasting. And because this is um, uh, because of this, she's very valuable to her masters. She earned money for them by telling people's fortunes. And every day she would follow Paul's group along, and she would say, these are servants of the Most High. Listen to them. They're telling you how to be saved. So this went on day after day until Paul couldn't stand it anymore. And he turned and he commanded the demon to come out of her in the name of Jesus Christ, and the demon immediately left her. There's power in the name of Jesus. The kids sang about that this week. So this was good for the girl, right? <laughs> it was not good for Paul. Uh, it was not good for his, her masters. And so their hope of wealth was gone. And they weren't very happy about it. They weren't going to make any more money off of her. So they grabbed Paul and Silas. They um, took him into the sheriff's office, as you might put it, and... Uh, laid out their case, and they stirred up the whole town against them. In Acts uh, verse 22 of 16, it says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When they received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, and fastened their feet in stocks. So he, they're not going anywhere. He, he's going to make sure that they're staying put. Being around Paul was risky business. Uh, he went wherever God sent him at whatever cost. And choosing the easy way was never the way that Jesus chose, and that was not the way that Paul went either. So on this nice day, maybe a summer day like this, as the woman followed along behind them, turned and in Jesus name set her free knowing that it would be costly that's probably why he waited the number of days that he did probably praying asking God is this going to be all right you can tell by this little bit of Paul's life that following Jesus as Paul did was not for the faint of heart Uh, sometimes it was costly so the third essential to following Jesus as Paul follow Jesus is to keep following even when the going gets tough. Um, Paul knew that setting this woman free would be costly, that he would suffer for it, and the thing is he had suffered before. In 2 Corinthians 12, 11, 
uh, verses 22 and 26, Paul gives the whole list of some of the things that he's gone through as he followed Jesus. He says, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. One of them was at uh, Philippi. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night in a day adrift at sea. I've traveled for long, many journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And then he goes on and on with this list of all the things and difficulties that he's faced. So being beaten and thrown into a prison cell was just one of the hardships that Paul faced to follow Jesus and to live an example for others. Um, Paul was doing this kingdom work for God, and yet um, God let all these horrible things happen to him. And I don't know about you, or if you have these kind of thoughts, but if it was me sitting chained in a prison after having myself having been beaten like that, I would probably have serious questions about where is God? You know, did I hear him right? Maybe, you know, he said uh, Morocco or, you know, Monaco. There's a nice resort there. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe it wasn't Macedonia. Um, or does God even care? You fill in the blank, you know. We, we all have thoughts like that, right? Paul never sees hardship and difficulty as some kind of a barometer of where he is with God. Uh, you never see him saying things like, today I prayed so hard that a boat would come along before nighttime came, and yet God let me, uh, left me there in the ocean all night, in the sea, all night long. He must not care. He must not hear. Uh, we, we say those kinds of things, but Paul never had those thoughts. Uh, he, if he did, he never put them down on paper. You just don't see that in a story. When Paul got knocked down, he continued to trust God. And on this particular night, instead of grumbling and questioning God, he and Silas put on a concert. Uh, Acts 16, 25, and 26, it says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. God intervened. And when the jailer uh, woke and saw that all of these prisoners were free to go, he knew it was going to be his head. And so he uh, started to draw his sword to kill himself. And Paul says, no, no, you know, we're all here. And the jailer threw himself down in front of Paul. And he said, what must I do to be saved? You kind of wonder if he had heard this. Uh, demon-possessed girl following Paul and yelling, these men are going to tell you how to be saved. Uh, but he knew that Paul and Silas knew uh, what he had to do. And so Paul and Silas, uh, he took them into his home, he cleaned their wounds, and that night he and his household came to faith in Jesus Christ. So what looked like a closed door became, by the power of God, an open door that Paul led a whole household of people into the kingdom of God through. Whatever he did, he did for the glory of God and that others would be saved. Paul wrote these words uh, in a letter to the Galatian church. He says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, 
I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what it meant for Paul to follow Jesus. And he invites us to that kind of life. It's what this table invites us into, a life that's really life, a life that's fully surrendered to Jesus Christ, relying what he did for, on what he did for us on the cross and following in Jesus' footsteps. Let's pray. Loving God, we uh, thank you. We thank you for the cross, for the promise that wherever we go this week, you'll go with us. And I just pray that each of us will experience uh, your presence leading us this week and in the future. Help us, God. I pray if there's anybody here with a big decision that they have to make this week, that they would go to you and listen and that they would... uh, experience your leading in their life. Give each of us the courage, God, to go where you send us this week. Help us to recognize when uh, doors are being closed and others are being opened that you want us to go through and what you want us to do when we get there. And I I pray for every person here, God, if there's somebody that hasn't given their life to you yet, um, that they would do that this morning and surrender everything so that they can be led by you to live a life that's really life. We ask these things in Jesus' name.